On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, Death Rides a Badass Cadillac. And everyone is making this one New Year's resolution for 2023. Don't be a dick. Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Hayes. Oh, wow. Did you see that bingo wing flap as my arm flailed oh. across? I just thought it was a very like glamorous. movie star like yes. reveal with the arm. I liked it. I'm feeling very I'm, glamorous tonight. We are dressed up glamorous. fancy for, for New Year's Eve. Yeah, um, it's our New Year's episode. And I, I wish if I was wearing this out, I think it needs gloves, stuff, maybe fingerless gloves. Ooh, that could be cute. Yeah. We are both dressed in Betsy Johnson. Betsy Johnson, yeah. if you want to sponsor us, go yes, for it, please. Yes, please. <laughs> for although, sure. Other mine came from Torrid. So whatever. Yeah. It's still it's still so fancy. Betsy. And I'm wearing the the necklace that I bought after I, I shamedly did not want to admit that I had no idea that the, it said five hundred dollars and not fifty dollars. And sometimes you just swallow your pride and just hand home your credit card. <laughs> Oh, clearly that is, I understood what that was. <laughs> so how are you? Um, well, I had a lovely holiday with my family um, and uh, did our traditional family party that we go to for Christmas Eve and then I spent Christmas, had a nice Christmas morning and day um, and uh a little bit of relaxation. Um, didn't drink as much as in past years. Kind of proud of myself. Kind of disappointed. A little bit of both. And um, we're, uh, you know, taking some time off work. And I guess my uh, my small update that I will share is um, we've got a, an elderly doggo in our household, uh, Ash, and uh, he's he's reaching his end of days. So uh, there we go. Ash, dog friend and dog of the podcast. You can see his picture in past episodes um, and probably on our Insta. I'm sure we, we've shared him. So cheers to yeah. Ash. We love you, doggo. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, but yeah, how about yourself? Uh, well, I am. We have finally survived the first stupid winter thing of this season yeah my heater did not survive well the heater survived what did not survive was the breaker which apparently was old as fuck and they're like i can't believe this was actually functioning as long as it did and i'm like cool oh, thank god i'm not a homeowner sometimes it rocks to be you know i had to pay for this shit we had two people come out on a friday during a freaking like winter storm and while like the day before Christmas and they both came out and I had to pay for that shit. Cause I know that was expensive. Yeah. Not my problem. Yay. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't mean like next year you get like, you know, yeah, don't curse your, yourself. Your rent has gone I'm up like, like $4,000. Like, mm. but, but so, mm. uh, we, I had a friend in town and we spent a couple of days just uh, thankfully I still had like power. Right. So I just didn't have right. heat. Um, my fireplace, we, we had, we had a fire going. And so then my house kind of smelled like a campsite. 
like mm. which you know my house smells like worse things sometimes so i'm just like whatever i guess a campsite's fine but yeah i wouldn't recommend it uh i i think heat is is your friend and you should have it but you know it, it could have been worse we didn't get yes. snow one of my coworkers like is as and he was very very he was very kind about it and he's like uh you know i think their temperature is like it's like 10 or yeah. like it's like negative 20 wind chill with like twenty thousand foot of snow he yeah. was very concerned well. about me so i appreciate that i'm like the dickhead who lives in california and he's like posting pictures of him on the beach like it was so lovely i was doing meditations fuck you man like that's just rude like once is fine but like you know like Repeatedly. this is an actual like national Problem. emergency yes it was maybe like think about mm. that before you be a dick yeah oh it's been a long time so we've gone back to our, our call so don't be a dick that is don't, don't be a that's dick. that is my that is my new <clears throat> year's 2023 resolution for all of you and the rest of the world so everybody resolve and i also will resolve to not be a dick yeah i think that's a good one i like it be our resolution and our advice as a resolution to the world to the world i don't think it's advice i think they're just mandated you know i don't like fascism i I don't like fascism but you know sometimes it's like this is your you don't be a dick yeah yeah you're mandated that's it that's that's my regulatory thing so (laughs) That's the only law I'll believe in. All right. So uh, let's talk about this episode. Uh, We are getting close to the season finale. In fact, next week will be the season finale for season five. Isn't that exciting? So this is a very build up y episode. I didn't give Diana any kind of Mm-mm. any kind of warning. I will say for for those of you who are listening to this and haven't watched the episode yet, there is a trigger warning for some more vaccine related shenanigans. Some more things that just may set you off a little bit and just go bah! <laughs> and yeah. yeah. So but uh no. beyond that, you like just op- your overall like it's not a bum not a bummer. No, it's not a bummer. It was a really fascinating episode. Other than some of that, where you get like the oh, you little shiver and a jump back. But other than that, it was a really. I thought it was a really. It was a not bummer episode. Uh, intense, but not like. I don't know. It was like. It was more suspenseful. Is that is that a good word for it? You think? Dramatic. Dramatic. Yeah, that's probably better. It's not so much suspense because that feels like dun 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 But I mean, there's also you know, it was dark dark comedy. I guess there was a bunch oh, yeah. of dark comedy in it. So I don't know. It wasn't. It was a bummer. But I wasn't like ha ah, like you know, or I wasn't <gasps> like we like I was during Hammer of the Gods. These are all my ratings, by the mm-hmm. way. Ah, we. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess we'll go back to the readings at the end of this. So, all right. So this was titled "Not Bummersville." <laughs> That's what we got for this one. So we're 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 down to two episodes since there's been a Bummerville. So that's a little sign that's going to flip over. Like uh, so this is two minutes to midnight. Two minutes to midnight. Uh, song title. There was a working title for a while that was shit. 
I forgot what the working title was. I have problems with short-term memory, guys. Whatever. So it wasn't that great. Uh, this was Season 5, Episode 21. This first aired May 6, 2010, and was directed by Phil Scritchia. And the the story credits go to Sarah Gamble, but also Eric Kripke's, because we're getting closer to the end. So, And then I think that our writing duos, like Laughlin and Dobb, also had some hands in it, just because we're getting to the end. So it's kind of like, all the writers on deck make this thing and so we we were we will shimmy in i don't think we shimmy in in this episode when we just wander into the fascinating tropical place of davenport iowa yeah a hospice specifically um and is that what a convalescence is is a hospice yeah pretty much a convalescent home is a hospice i mean basically it's my understanding i could be wrong that's my read um yeah and there's a woman in the bed and who walks in but pestilence oh shit that seems bad uh and she thinks he's a doctor it's referring to him as a doctor and he's just just very nonchalantly informing her that she has a combination of the common cold dengue fever and japanese encephalitis Yes, and I did. I had to look up because I was not quite sure. So dengue fever is a mm-hmm. tropical disease. Your symptoms may include a high fever, headache, vomiting, muscle and joint pains, and characteristic skin itching and a skin rash. And Japanese encephalitis is an infection of the brain, and those symptoms mm-hmm. can include headache, vomiting, fever, confusion, and seizures. Interesting, though. They both come from mosquitoes. Oh, Interesting. Well, he passes his hand over her face and she gets a bunch of sores and he's like, oh, well, I guess she didn't have chicken pox as a kid either. It's because now, wouldn't that be shingles? If you have chicken pox, if you had chicken pox and then you get it again, then you get shingles, I think is how that goes. But if you haven't had it, you get chicken pox again. I don't know. I I think you get chicken pox because I've never had chicken pox. So I Mm. don't know. I I, but I think there's vaccines for this now. I, I there is. Fucking there's a shingles vaccine now, and they strongly recommend it for adults, from what I understand. But I we'll talk I've about seen, vaccines th- later because no one I've, wants to talk about that shit. I think I've seen a commercial for it, but yeah, I is. do appreciate that he basically refers to her as a petri dish. But I think yeah. you know, overall, aren't we all just a petri dish? Like, I mean, kind of. I feel kinda, like that yeah. should be on a stamp, a sampler's like stitched behind me. We are all just <laughs> petri a petri dish. dish. Petri dish. Well, he like I like that he calls it a proprietary blend and that he made it in a petri dish. And the petri dish is you. I was like, oh, shit. Well, at least you're, you're special. You're proprietary. Yeah. Don't you feel great? Yeah. You don't because you're going to vomit. Well, first he says he's going to kill her and he starts counting down. And he gets the two and she vomits green slime all over his face. And he says, Interesting. I have a problem with this green slime and it was is not I'm gonna give spoiler, we see it again. What the fuck is this green vomit slime? Because it is bright green. And I don't know if they raided the old Nickelodeon double dare like stash that they dumped on people of slime, or if it's from you can't do that on television. Because those are where it's where the two areas my brain went to for this, or fucking flubber. Like I don't know what this green shit is, but I was not sold that it was vomit. Yeah, and unfortunately in the companion it did not say what it was, just that it was it looked like, you know, ex, like exorcist green green pea soup. Uh, and it was brighter than that. But I think it was that, definitely was brighter. Like green pea. Um, and I, did, color, yeah. I did also get the you can't do that on television slime. <laughs> the like, green brush- slime like 
yes down the show, the screen. I think, and we've oh, talked about shit. it on this on the show before like why why yeah. did we all want we wanted that on us so yeah. bad yeah. I, wanted I wanted to, to be slime so hard so bad yeah uh yeah or was it GAC? Wasn't that that weird, like, stuff that Well, the GAC compare? was the stuff that you could get afterwards. It was sticky. And it was sticky, but it made, like, this fantastic sound when you, like, yeah. switched it. It was like GAC, which, uh-huh. you know, didn't know later would become a weird porn thing. So. Oh, is it? Well, no, just gacking, yeah. you know. <laughs> Anyhow. So. Today I learned. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so she okay. poor celeste uh dies uh with you know also i feel bad because she just dies she's got the face. green vomit all over her face and it's just not it's a very not not with dignity not with it's dignity, not with dignity lady. but at least it seems like it went pretty fast a couple yeah. days and then she's like boop, 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 boop. so but then yeah. we're gonna have to go back in time right so we go back in time to one day earlier not through like yes. booping or anything we just the show goes back. Story. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm going to, I'll say, I'm going to give it aside. I think this was unnecessary. I think they could have just done the story. They've done the I don't show know why they did this It was way. a really weird, really I think weird probably, choice. again, I think this goes into, they kept shifting like beginnings and endings around. Yeah. And maybe they just didn't feel like this first part would have been a good teaser. Because it's kind of not, right? That's true. Because it's yeah. Dean and Sam and they're arguing and there's a whole bunch of stuff. It's not really a good teaser. And so if you cut that part out, that makes it interesting. Yeah. That's, that's no, you're right. That's the only reason, though. There's not really a reason. It's edit- I, I think it's editorial and not story. Yeah. So we got Bobby looking at a bunch of omens in the newspaper. Dean's yelling at Sam about Sam's plan to try to say yes to the devil to help trap him. Bobby's like, yeah, I knew about this plan, but either way. So Dean's just pissed because that's what Dean does. And then Dean's phone rings, though. And who is it? It's, it's Castiel. Yay. He's in the hospital, though, uh, and not great. He woke up there. Um, they th- the doctors were surprised. They thought he was brain dead. After California, he appeared um, beaten and bloody on a shrimping boat off Delacroix, which is <clears throat> outside of New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, and, and so uh, that means you know, he, the, the sailors are apparently very scared. But I also thought about because I had to look up that Delacroix was in Louisiana, and then I was like, oh shit! Well, those are them probably like Cajun sailors, so they're probably like, whoo wee, who that there? What look that that there angel? And like, so you know, it was probably quite comical who who dat is definitely what they like to say in louisiana but um that's a football thing too so um anyways so dean tells castiel they're going after pestilence but castiel can't boop himself there because he's out of angel juice he's also i started referring it to uh the dick in the box plan Oh, I like it. Because they're putting Lucifer in a box. And I've been thinking about Dick in a Box box song lately. So uh, there's reasons for it. It's not just randomly going like, why is Liz thinking about Dick in a Box? Somebody else brought it up. So anyhow, so. uh, But Cass is like basically human and he needs human things like cash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He needs some some cash sugar daddy. Mm -hmm. He needs for to buy airplane tickets, food and pain medication. Yeah, so, so plain food and drugs. Gotcha, cash. Gotcha, yeah. cash, cash, cash. Ooh, ooh. Cass, cash. Cass, <laughs> cash, cash. 
and Dean just volunteers Bobby to pay for it. <laughs> Bobby will wire it to you. No biggie. Wait, what? Uh, but I do like Castiel's pauses before this conversation can end on the phone, though, and tells Dean that you are not the burnt and broken shell of a man I believed you to be. Aww. Well, see, Desiel must must reunite, and then he just hangs up on him. Yes, then just click. <laughs> Dean gets to thank him, and then click. Uh, but yeah. also, I kind of appreciate this type of phone conversation. Like, I, I'm just fine with There's it. There's not like, an awkward end; it just ends. It just ends. We don't. We just Irish goodbye each other on the phone. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, I kind of appreciate it, but no. Um, all right. So our um, our Winchester brothers are on the move, though. They've got to go find Pestilence. So they arrive at Serenity Valley Convalescent Home in Davenport, Iowa, uh, which where Dean refers to it as Dr. Evil's Lair. But Sam points out that it's probably more depressing than evil. And I think that is fair. Yes. Absolutely fair. Every convalescent home is fucking depressing unless like you're dumbass rich oh man that's my goal like to die dumbass rich so i can be in a nice nursing home all right so (sighs) not so yeah i don't and like you can have all my money give my money to cats afterwards i just you know want to not be in this place yeah i like that dean's other commentary on it which we don't have a ton but i think it was fairly amusing that he he called it a brochure for dying young but for pestilence it's like dollywood <laughs> yep i just wrote we got a dollywood reference so dean sees these cameras and he gets a plan he's like, oh, man. oh they got a plan they got a plan so uh they got to figure out their own personal multiple choice game of human demon or pestilence so they're in and dean goes straight for the security office where he lies and says he's looking for his nana. His nana, Eunice Kennedy. Right. Well, that was the security... name he chose. Yeah. So the security guards trying to like push him off to go find like the nurse's station. So he just punches him and drags him to the corner so that him and Sam can sit and watch the security cameras all night. How hard do you have to hit somebody to knock them out? And then how long long will he stay unconscious? Like, did you like chloroform him or something? Like, I don't, I was kind of wondering that too. I'm like, like, get up. That guard is dead. Like you just punched a man to death. Like with one blow. Like one, one blow. That's. And you're not Superman. Like you're just Dean. So I have a problem with this, this plan. And the execution of it. Yeah, like at some point, did you need to drag him somewhere else with like a door and close him in? I don't know. Um, either way. So they're watching. Dean's falling asleep. They're just commenting that everybody looks sick. What are you looking for? And they're watching. But then there's this man comes out of a room and it's a really, I thought it was a really clever, wait, cleverly done effect where the screen, full a full horizontal line of static appears on the screen that cuts through pestilence's face no matter where he moves on the screen and that was a really cool way to conceal his identity in the security cameras uh, but also reveal to us that this is somebody that is supernatural 
I liked it. So obviously the brothers noticed this and they're like, oh shit, that's sus. There we go. So they got to go find him. Yep. And so now time converges and we get to where we were. The first scene happens again. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the brothers are on their way. Dean's walking down the hallway of this place with a shotgun. For some reason. And Sam's got his demon knife and no one is suspicious of these two dudes walking down these very empty hallways. Except for one nurse that sees senses them walk by and um, while she's in the room with a patient and then looks up. Uh-oh. Do we have a demon? We might have a demon. Um, and so she busts into, she does, she has a demon. She busts into Celeste's room to tell uh, Pestilence, uh, who she calls Sir, that um, the Winchesters are here. We should go. But and she recognized them damn quickly. Like, so, like, just by didn't even like, see them. How do they know, like, what they look like or what they smell like? Do, like, the Winchesters have, like, a smell? Like, I mean, I guess. How the fuck are, like, they all it's recognizing them? Like, I don't know. It's wild. This is also the point in my notes where I started referring to pestilence as pesty, which in my head also goes to posty. So it's like this weird, like post Malone pestilence thing going on. And I like post Malone. So this is not a knock. Um, so I think pestilence needs some face tats. Uh, okay. That's, that's what I've got. Okay. In my go notes there. For, the, for there. All right. So, so she's, she's <laughs> telling that she's like smelled, sensed, touched, licked, whatever. It's like the Winchesters are here and we should go because apparently when you're around them you die so maybe yeah. we should leave and uh pesty doesn't like that he's gonna take it out of their healthy young asses and then i have satan be damned see what i did mm-hmm. there Satan, be damned. Uh-huh. i like it i like it and that the devil can glue them back together <laughs> And then for some reason he gives her a hug. Why is yeah. he hugging her? I don't I don't understand. I don't know, but while he's doing it, he twists his ring behind her back. And so as that's happening, we see a, on in a different part of the whatever this home, this whatever it is, convalescent home, we see a doctor and a nurse and he starts green vomiting everywhere. And good. Hooray. And then yeah, and then the nurse starts getting sores all over her while she's checking the doctor, she's and got the it's box. Not, it's not good. They're dead. They did. We cut back to our brothers though, who are now searching this hospital wing home for Whatever. pestilence. What the convalescent home? The hot convalescent home for? I don't know. I they're in a creepy ass fucking hallway, and they start yeah, coughing, and then I'm like, oh god, it's like being in an airport, and I'm just like, ah. And so I start already getting, I'm like getting triggered. I'm like, oh, people are just coughing everywhere. They don't, he doesn't have a mask on. Oh shit. Like, why, why don't you have a mask on this time? Did you learn from the last episode? Put a fucking mask on. So, oh God. They're coughing. Their vision's blurry. And they're just walking over corpses. Yeah. They just step over the corpse, that doctor and the nurse in the hall, like no biggie. And, but they're trying real hard to fight through this and they are sick AF, but uh dean falls sam makes it to the door and as sam gets there the demon nurse opens it and uh she says the doctor will see you now 
And Sam tries so hard to like be manly and stab her, but he just like holds his knife and passes out. Which, you know, I guess this like having had COVID 17,000 times, like, yeah, I felt like that before. Just like, I'm gonna like clean my back, and then you just like bowl over and pass out. So I, I feel for you, Sam. And the super strong demon nurse just like she drags him into the room. Good for you. Yeah. Well, and then Pestilence is just like sitting on dead Celeste's vomity bed. He's just sitting there. That's weird, right? Yeah, the whole he's weird. <laughs> okay. Just all right. So um <clears throat> and so both brothers are now in the room. And so Pestilence said, um, starts talking a little bit. He gets a couple little mini monologues here. He kicks off with telling them that it could be that y'all don't look well. It could be scarlet fever or meningitis or syphilis, but uh, it's going to get worse. And so, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, see- I feel a monologue coming. Oh yeah. Here it is. We've got to get our bad guy monologue in. Of course. That disease isn't filthy. It's, you know, people are, and that, um, you know, people are filthy and chaotic, not diseased. Disease is pure and single-minded. Blah blah blah. Bacteria and disease always win. Blah blah blah. And why does God love something so <laughs> messy, like humans? I'm going to show him he's wrong one epidemic at a time. Yeah. So Diana clearly was enthralled with Pestilence's monologue <laughs> about how cool bacteria is, and that really is just <gasps> a science lesson that in the end bacteria will will be the same problem. I mean, what like we start single celled organisms is how things go. Like, yeah, I fully believe yeah. that viruses and bacteria or just like an algae or something will be what's left on the earth after like everything gets destroyed in the next like six months like i don't join my cult to find out like i'm just jumping straight into the apocalypse part of my cult so i'll send you the number i think if i get to, i thought you're supposed to build up to that you aren't supposed to go straight to that part right if, if it make it urgent you're enjoying the cult faster okay so okay. six months oh, fair. Uh, the world is going to end. And so, but the whole cult is worshiping bacteria because they clearly are the winners here. Or, or just, but, or viruses, right? Which I don't know oh, how the difference is between oh. the, the bacteria. Like, I feel like, you know, they, the virus. I feel like, they, I feel like they were pretty interchangeable with those two in this yeah. episode. Well, so I think this is interesting, though. The, the fact that we clearly show that Pesty loves germs right he loves yeah. he, he thinks he's, like that is the superior creation that yeah. god made and he's like look i keep i will keep making human beings sick until you realize that these things are like the better species or i guess i don't know if there's a species whatever sorry biology people organism whatever yeah. yeah i know your heads are exploding I, i'm mm-hmm. sorry but but still it's just like okay lucifer and certain other ones like people look down on human beings but this particular one like looks down on human beings but also thinks something is better than them and i'm not sure if he thinks it's better than angels but like he super loves bacteria which i guess is like why he's not on team lucifer because you would think like he hates humans he would be on on team lucifer's side but he kind of is but they think he's just like eh, fuck you 
like I want my. Here's my my challenge too, though. Is you can't if you hate humans so much and you're trying to prove how messy and chaotic they are. I'm not saying like there isn't the possibility of existence. Obviously, I'm I'm not a science scientist. This is not my area of expertise. But obviously, there's not a necessitation of human life for bacteria or viruses to survive. However, isn't it beneficial to them to have human life? So, isn't there a weird symbiosis kind of thing that where it's a necessity of some kind? Yeah. For pl- proliferation, at least I don't know. It depends. That's why I'm on, like, like, you know, mm, like what yeah. type of like species dominance you want to have, right? I'm just saying. No, oh, no, fuck you, Darwin. All right, so we get that monologue, but I think mm. that's interesting. I just think that was like an interesting thing, and then like poof, Cash shows up. Woohoo! Because he took a bus, and then he collapses, and he's bleeding from the mouth because well, he's, he's sick either. too. Because he's mostly human. Oh, that's sad. And Pesty just taunts him. And it's just, it's unbecoming. I don't like you. You're just a dick. He's a total dick. And he talks about there's not a speck of angel in you. But Castiel grabs the demon knife and cuts off Pesty's ring finger. Maybe just a speck. Just a speck. And then he stabs the nurse. And Cass is our hero. Yay! Yay. So Dean gets the ring and Pestilence says it doesn't matter because they're too late. And he disappears out the window. See, I, I think, you know, to talk about like the storylines here, I do feel like this part, maybe it's just they cut out or it's, this could have been one episode, right? Like, so we got like some of Pestilence in the, sec- in the episode before this and in this one. Like, I just think it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It makes, I'm not sure I get like why these two halves are together beyond just time timeline. Anyways. Yeah. All right. So to me, it's like okay. So now we go to like the second part, a new is, episode. Like, yeah. It's pretty no, much it's, a new it's basically like a new episode. No, I agree. I felt that way too, but I feel like there probably just wasn't the way the things timeline. Why? Like, I did not want to hear Pestilence monologue anymore. Sorry. No, I'm glad didn't... he's over. Like, but like I said, like it Ugh. could. But if you took that other, anyways, whatever. Pestilence is gone. We don't have to deal with yeah. that anymore. But like I just I don't know if they would have had time to effectively address and then how would you have tied in the Brady story? Like it just gets complicated then. Uh T- television making man, it's complicated. Uh, All right. So we cut to Bobby's house, right? Bobby's. Mm-hmm. And our Winchester brothers are freaked out about what Pasty told them. So they need an update. So Bobby's like, uh, yeah, Chicago's about to be wiped off the map. There's a storm. There's a natural disaster. Three million people are going to die. But the good news is death is going to be there. And uh, they're like, how the fuck did you put this all together? Well, also, and if you can get, you can get there and you can stop it. So you can save right. three million people and get a ring. So you get like a shiny thing. You get some jewelry. And you get mm-hmm. to save people. Win-win here. And then they're like hey and then how do you know this and then here comes crowley and we get one of mm-hmm. our first of many hello boys ah, mm-hmm. so sexy when he says that mm. i feel like there should be a mm, crowley like every time like he comes out <laughs> <sighs> so he wants bobby to tell the brothers how he knows so bobby does in his own way which is very standoffish and not specific but Anyways, yeah, it's he didn't sell his soul to Crowley. He pawned it basically. And Dean is pissed. But Sam just wants to know if Bobby kissed Crowley. 
And I love that's the first place that Sam's mind went to. Like, <laughs> Dean's just like, hey, you sold your soul. And Sam's like, did you kiss, kiss him? <laughs> Bobby is like incredulous about this accusation. But Crowley has the fucking receipts. He does. He took a picture. And Bobby wants to know why he took a picture. <laughs> but Crowley just wants to know why he used tongue. <gasps> oh, oh so poor Bobby's so getting fucked with here so hard. Anyways. Um, anyway, so Dean's like, nope, Crowley, you got to return the soul. And Crowley's like, uh, sorry, I will. But right now it's insurance against you killing me until I can get safely away from this whole scenario. Makes sense oh, to me. Shit. I mean, it's yeah. bold, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, I need a reason why you won't fucking kill me, like, before this is done. Now I've got a reason. So, yeah. he'll give it back when it's done. Whatever. So, we get to mm. go outside and go see Trunk. Hey, Trunk. Team Trunk! Hey, Trunk. Yeah. So, um, bros are loading up Trunk uh, for a... Uh, for their excursion to Chicago. Uh, and But Sam wants to talk with Dean. He wants to have a convo. Uh, and he tells Dean that he agrees that he's not really strong enough to take on Lucifer, but there's really not any other options, so he's got to try. Crowley decides to pop up with his comic relief as normal. And see. That's one way to end a heart to heart conversation. It is. I'm I'm also, you know, a fan of that school. I love interrupting people while they're having like heart to heart talks and just being yeah. like, What's up, bitches? Like it's it's pretty awesome. Uh and so he's got a newspaper and in the newspaper basically it says uh N- Nivius, Nivius, whatever the fuck their place is called, pharmaceuticals is rushing delivery. Oh sorry, trigger warning, is rushing delivery of its new swine mm. flu vaccine to stem the tide of the unprecedented outbreak. And uh, shipments leave Wednesday. So swine flu was just the first part. And the second part is the vaccine, where the vaccine is filled with croatoan virus. And it's going to make you sick and kill people. Yeah. Okay. Simultaneous countrywide distribution. I don't, this doesn't ring any bells at all. Nope, I'm not rocking back and can forth and holding myself. Okay, we're where gonna... is my, can I go crawl in my closet? Is, can I, is there still time to line it with tinfoil? <laughs> what is, what is happening? Your, wait, your closet isn't lined with tinfoil? What the fuck have you been doing these past two? Oh, no, I'm so disappointed. So, anyhow, uh, we're going to go to a happy place because then they say ne- by this time next Thursday, we'll all be living in zombie land. So then you get to <laughs> yeah. think about zombie land and zombies and yeah. then I'm much better. I'm like, whoo, okay. Just think about Woody Harrelson and everything's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't go that far okay just, thinking just about zombie land and everything got it, got is it. better okay got it. yeah you know um all right so we cut to chicago uh, and, and the most do you have do you have there's this most amazing version of a death playing it's um i am i am no one by gemini killer is the song that's playing Oh, it's so good. It's really cool song and it's everything is being shot in slow-mo here. There's storm brewing in and we get a 
beautiful car okay before we get to the car one thing i want to point out uh because i already have like cute diana catalog squeals uh <laughs> so the camera pans underneath the l right because they're trying to show that we're in chicago but they weren't in chicago they were in vancouver so they mm, made that on the back chicago. lot in vancouver and then cgi the train over it which i just oh. think was a great effect and just yeah it's really cool they put that in and just but yeah the mood of this i love i love i love death scoff points and mm -hmm. but i knew like i i know i prom i didn't prompt you for the episode but i prompted you for this and i said you did oh you told my me God. i would like death's car and you that's were gonna you love all this i didn't want to spoil but i kind of thought you would know and i was like oh. you're gonna love death's car okay so now q i didn't know i'd love it this much you diana mm -hmm. and what you found out death pulls up in his the lines of this beautiful long body 59 cadillac coupe de ville with pristine white paint and those perfect pointy tail lights it's freaking beautiful car with those big ass fins anyways it's a gorgeous car 59 cadillacs are high in demand amazing cars mine is not a 59 my personal one duchess deville is a 63 but this era of cadillac deville mine's a four-door but this era of cadillac specifically from about 59 to 64 is a time period where they all really have iconic fins of varying size 59 is some of the larger ones uh and this car is sick funny story personal aside so we i think i mentioned at some point on the show we were we had had a black cadillac station wagon which is a hard to find vehicle that i loved very much cool. for many many years that was uh the wampus wagon um aka caddy wampus but caddy wampus um was past her prime unfortunately as cool of a car as she was so we traded it in for a newer cadillac and it happens to be white and I made a joke in passing a couple of times that our new Cadillac's name was going to be Pale Horse. So I've been calling my new white Cadillac Pale Horse, <clears throat> not having seen this episode. And Death rides on a pale horse and Death has a white Cadillac. Death. I'm just saying. Death. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so pretty, yeah, pretty it's, cool. it's gorgeous. And we also learned that unlike some of the other more pretentious horsemen, death drives himself. He, drive he has a cane when he gets out of his car and it is very cool cane, which is something that within some of the personifications of death throughout the years, he has had a cane or the scythe, you know, as right later, but you know, I, but also, it's just, it's an amazing, uh, it's just an amazing shot. And then we see his It's really ring. well done. And his ring is very, Good visuals. Yes, his ring is very subtle. It's just got mm -hmm. like a little white, like. Flat stone. Flat, white opal. I don't know what you call that. Moonstone. I don't know if it was like a mother of pearl kind of thing. I don't or know. What? It was cool. It was subtle, but it was bitching. Like, it had this like nice scroll around it. And it was just like, yeah, this is a, it was a man's ring. I liked it. Mm -hmm. And he's walking down the street. And some douche canoe on his phone, not paying attention where he's walking, shoulder checks him. So that's just over And he, and he also, bit. like, he shoulder checks him and then tells me, watch where you're walking. And so he was a dick. He was a dick. And death strikes him down. 
very nonchalantly. This van was like flicking a leg. He's like, oh, you touched my fucking suit, bitch. You know how much mm-hmm. this suit costs? Like, death suit is not janky. I wish I would like, oh, I would love to get a tailor. It was like someone tell me like, who made that suit? Because it's an impressive suit. And he just is mm-hmm. like, like you got dirt on me, brush it off, and boom, he drops dead. Oh, mm-hmm. God, that's a power. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people rush to go help this guy that just died on the sidewalk. Death just keeps walking. Like, yeah. All right. So back at Bobby's, Bobby is packing a bag and he's trying to talk to Castiel. And Castiel's upset because it's like he feels like it's finally like the 11th hour and he's useless. And he's like, uh, but he has a gun in his hand. So Bobby's like, mm, yeah, you point and shoot. But Castiel's just real bummed about his powers being gone. Me, 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 me. And Bobby is not going to suffer this shit from his wheelchair. Mm-mm. Don't you not doing me. that pity party? No. He said, "Oh, what is it? Quit pining for the varsity years." Whew. Okay. Um, and then glory days started playing in the background. <laughs> but yeah, and so we're just gonna do this. We're gonna get her done. Get her done, Bobby. Mm-hmm. And but we cut to Sam and Dean saying goodbye, and they're being quite quippy. Yeah, because well, Dean. Um, Wishes Sam good luck stopping the zombie apocalypse. Because they're splitting. And I don't think that was like made really clear until this point. No. This was the first time and I'm like, shit, they're splitting up. Yeah. Because historically that doesn't really go well. It doesn't, but you got to get shit done. That's true. So one has to stop the zombie apocalypse and one has to kill death. So. I mean, Sam could have gone with Dean though. And like Bobby and Cass could have gone and done the other thing. There was no reason Sam had to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess you had to send like one of the stars with each. <laughs> yeah, because both yeah, at this point, you know, Cass is human <sighs> and is what we know of Bobby, their B team. So, mm-hmm. so um, Sam's like trying to be like, do you remember when we just had simple hunting adventures like the Wendigos? And Dean's like, not really. I'm like, what? This is like a really weird exchange. I thought it was cute because Dean's just like, all right, good luck stopping the zombie apocalypse. And Sam's like, good luck killing death. And then he goes into the, remember when we used to just hunt when Dee goes? Wasn't that simpler? And then Dean's just like, not really. I mean, that part is like kind of weird. But Sam starts to give Dean like the demon knife, but Crowley just is, mmm, Crowley. Mm -hmm. He just like pops in. Pops in again, and he's got the head of a scythe, and it's supposedly it belonged to it was death's own. Is it the head of a scythe? I think it's just a scythe. Is it a scythe? I thought scythe usually was. You don't on have a to have. You don't have to have the whole thing. Like I think the scythe oh, okay. is just the... Me hint, just the sharp part. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the scythe, and he's explaining that supposedly this can kill demons, angels, reapers, and rumor has it it can kill death itself, himself. Ooh, ooh fancy. Ooh. And he got it because he's king of the crossroads. So he made out for that. Um, so Crowley is making comment to Bobby if Bobby's just going to sit there. And Bobby is like kind of like annoyed by this and makes a river dance joke. But Crowley's like, uh, no, you missed out on your own crossroads request. So I added something, a sub clause on your own behalf. And asks him again if he's just going to sit there. <gasps> did Crowley do something nice? What? I mean, I'm sure it was self-serving in some ways, but did he do something nice for Bobby? He did. Bobby can oh. walk. Oh, my Bobby God. Can Bobby can walk. And he can river Yay. dance. Woo. 
Now he really can river dance. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. And then he gets in the car for a long car ride because that's what, exactly what you want to do. Well, and then we I'm also te- like, it's him. the same van that Bobby was going to drive before. And then I was like, do we need to have the accessibility conversation? Right? Like, what the, did they yeah. just like unaccessible? Undo- but, but then I was yeah. like, you know, able, like able body. I don't know the right way to say it, but uh, people, you know, who can, those vans, I'm assuming, can go between like people who don't need them and people who don't need them, need the modifications. And need don't modifications need and those that do not need yeah. them. Yeah. That's how it answer mm-hmm. that. All right. So, I mean, <laughs> so maybe I would guess there's a way easy, to, like, I guess there would, would be a versatility approach to that. I think for a lot of times it's like you're just doing a lot of that on the, the, the shifters. The hand, this, yeah. You know, on paddle hand. handles and yeah. shifters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like you disable the gas and the pedal. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's fine. Whatever. Moving on. All right. And so Cass is like, does not think that this is the worst plan he's ever heard, but he's got some things no. you need to know. Yeah. So we just got Bobby Castile and Sam on their mission to go stop the zombie apocalypse. And Castiel's like, look, I can tell you, if you want me to tell you this is the worst plan, I'll tell you that, but I don't think it is. Um, You, Sam and Dean have always exceeded my expectations and you might actually be able to resist, but warning, they might still be looking at this other vessel in Adam. And if you fail, there will be a big fight and there will be immense collateral. Plus you got to worry about things like, I don't know, the demon blood, because that's what strengthens the vessel and the current drag guys drinking gallons of it. Yep. So I so we learned Michael is inside of Adam now. We were afraid that was going to happen. But so hey, if you say less yes to Lucifer and you fail, that fight is still going to happen. So we need to like be prepared for that shit, right? So your brother Adam and you are going to be fighting. That's like a pretty big big thing, right? Even if like you're not in control, but still like two brothers going to be fighting each other. Also, hey yo, Demon Blood. Yeah. Which is an, a, a weird twist that was just like, why did that get yeah. thrown in there? I don't get it. So we're, we now go, it's daylight. It is daylight. And <clears throat> we see semis at a um, warehouse with distribution docks getting loaded up with vaccines. And Bobby's got this plan where they're going to sneak in an hour before the first truck leaves and they're going to plant all this C4 and they've got it all laid out except for one of the trucks starts leaving immediately. Yeah. Bobby so, says balls. He does. This is the first time we hear the infamous Bobby singer balls. So yeah. And That's amazing. I think there should be a catchphrase ding that goes on. So now, like, things that, like, Diana has seen on t-shirts maybe make more sense. I don't know. So, uh, also, so Bobby is, they've somehow learned their logistics schedule. Like, I don't know how, like, I guess you could probably, even you could social engineer that information, but good for you if you found that. You're going to plant some C4, so you had some C4. Yeah, they, they showed that being packed. They showed that being packed when they were packing up. But, okay, cool. Okay, I missed that part, but also... You just said C4. All right. Yeah. So Cass, there's a truck. Okay, go ahead. Go. Because I think I might. So now they're going to get, now they're going to follow the new plan. So they block the exit gate 
Castiel just jumps up and smashes the driver's face. The horn's going off. All the demons are freaking out. They know that the Winchesters are going to be there. So they start closing the doors and locking the place down. Well, yeah, they're also like, it's the Winchesters. And so again, like, do they smell? Like, how the, like, how the fuck did you know the Winchesters were coming? Did, like, Mm -hmm. was there, like, a memo? Like, how, like, did y'all get the round? Did they, was there, like, a, was there a PowerPoint? Is there a Winchester detection system? Oh, my God, no. I think there was a company. Like a little radar? There was a company, like, town hall, and there is a PowerPoint presentation with pictures of Sam and Dean. And they're like, these are the Winchesters and they're coming for you. That's hilarious. That yeah. happened. I know yeah. that happened at that at that company. Okay. So uh, they've got they had their safety bulletin, their safety briefing. They for had the to docks have that their morning. safety briefing. And it was just pictures of the Winchesters. Oh god. Okay. Oh, so um Sam shoots now when they're when the- they're closing yeah. when they're closing up all these doors and blocking off this warehouse though. They did, you did see one or two of the pallets get opened and a few boxes pulled out. So there's some loose vaccines running around. I guess Um, these don't have to be kept at a temperature or anything. They just hang out in a box. Yeah. Cool. So Bobby and Sam are at the side door and managed to perfectly shoot out the lock cylinder so that they can Sam let some of the staff. Sam has learned to shoot. This is what we finally get to the point where Sam Winchester has learned to use his firearm. Like he's yeah. finally not missing anymore. So good on you. Yeah. I think you took some downtime. Maybe got some lessons. We we are approving of what you're going. So, but you just basically like you're hearing bad noises and you're seeing bad things, and we just see infected people coming. So I just started calling them infected people. Are they now? I just see like right now this is, well, first of all, yes, there are infected workers inside eating another person. Yeah. First, he lets out a bunch of staffers that are fine, that are running in fear. Not that they check them well. Like these could have been demons leaving. It could have been infected people, but they just let them all run out. But Sam and Bobby definitely see a handful of very infected people eating another in person. And they just start shooting. Yep. And Bobby is using a, a lever action. Which is a weird choice. Yeah. But Sam seems like the best. I am. But I mean, it's, but you know, it worked in Western, so it'll work here. Sure. Uh, And I love her actually can hold like, what, like six to 10. I mean, anyway, so Sam's got a pistol and he's actually using it again. Good on you, Sam. Applaud you. Applaud you hitting your marks. But he hears a woman screaming. He's like, I must go save the day. Have to go save everybody. So he's on a mission while Bobby almost immediately has to kill a demon right then with the demon knife, which is a good thing he had that. There you go, Bobby. Yeah. So um, we've got a cut back to, well, Chicago. Chicago. Dean and Crowley. The Dean and and Crowley show. I love the Dean and Crowley show. (laughs) I love the Dean and Crowley show. Yeah. They are walking through the city. And Crowley wants to stop for pizza. He's hurting us good. But they have found the, quote, big ugly building, which is ground zero. Or Diana's favorite, a warehouse. (sighs) Fucking industrial site warehouse. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. So, um, but Crowley can tell it's the place where supposedly death is. 
or at least where they're told he is. And the whole area is squirming with reapers. And they do the thing where we get, finally get to see it from Crowley's point of view. And yeah, there's a couple dozen reapers standing outside, staring off into space like they do. Like, what, like, do you think they have like Reaper TV, or are they just like really good at like, are they just meditating? Like, what is like a Reaper looking at? They're just standing there. I have no idea. It's very creepy. Very creepy. So, uh, but Crowley disappears for a minute and comes right back, pops back, and says, "Oh yeah, Death's not there." And Crowley doesn't know where he is, so they start walking away. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, okay. He just leaves. And he was like, hey, millions of people are going to die, so maybe we should get out of here. Which is actually yeah. not, not a bad I mean, I get it, but like, damn. But Dean's like, yeah, Bobby sold your soul for, sold his soul to you for this info. And Carly's like, yeah, no, relax. There's a, you know, all deals are sold back or store credit. He's like, yeah, we'll just have to find them in the next doomed city. But Dean's like, uh, no, I'm not okay with this. Sorry. Meh. We cut back to Sam continuing to rescue people in this warehouse. He's, you know, there's an infected person attacking a woman. So, yeah, so. He saves a woman off a ladder. And yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah. So he gets her, gets a man out of there. And Bobby's just like staring at Sam in this very like, weird way. Yeah. Like, what are you looking at, Bobby? Could he, you, yeah. did you get, you've got things to kill. Yeah. So we get Dean and Crowley back at Baby. And Dean is thinking about calling what he, what can he do to help save anybody in this town he can't call in bomb threats to get three million people out of chicago in 10 minutes um he's pretty but frustrated all of a sudden crowley disappears again and oh. then dean sees him outside a pizza place and a custom suit shop next door by the way um and crowley is mouthing i found him but Dean can't understand this and has his window up and can't hear him. So he keeps saying that he can't hear him. And it was a very <laughs> painful moment between the two of them where I wanted to throw something. <laughs> but then Crowley pops back into baby and just says death is in there. Oh, the Dean so. Crowley show. Oh uh, um, <laughs> so uh, Dean gets out of the car, out of baby and, and really asks if Crowley is going to come with him. But Crowley has already disappeared again. They're already fucked off again. <laughs> uh, he just eats away on his own. I love he him. He does a lot of that. But we're never going to cut back again to the warehouse. And Sam is once again helping people. And Bobby is just stabbing more demons. Yeah. And then an infected just like was, was like infected. I also think I've been watching just a lot of zombie films this week. Oh, you know, for Christmas. Yeah. Um, so then an infected just started choking Sam. Like it's just like straight up just like bleh, like just yeah. choking him out. And Bobby's out of ammo. Shocking and, on his your lever yeah. actions out of bullets. Right. <laughs> what? And then all of a sudden Castiel is there and blows its head off with a very short barrel shotgun. So sought off. <laughs> so sought off. So very sought off. Uh yeah. And uh he's like points out that these things, talking about guns, can be useful. Yeah. Sure. Sure can. Uh, And Bobby's line response, though, just cracked me up. Because this is what I thought when they first, when I first, I was like, fuck, they're going to commit some domestic terrorism. That's what my first thought was when I knew they were going to go disrupt the the vaccines. And Bobby's like, can we commit our act of domestic terrorism already? Yes. To be clear, 
blowing up warehouses with C4 is domestic terrorism. Yes. And that is frowned upon in many countries. And it is illegal in all countries. In all countries? (laughs) I mean, I assume so. It'd be weird if it wasn't. Most countries. Find me the country where it's legal. (laughs) Find me the country where it's legal. Um, Yeah. So, uh, and like, and Liz will build her kingdom there. <laughs> I was going to let you get there. I mean, it just sounds like a great place to start a cult. It does. Within my cult, um, domestic terrorism will, no, it will not be legal. It will not, no, it will never. <laughs> no. It will not be legal in my <laughs> cult. Okay. So we go back into, oh. we're going back to Chicago. And I'm also kind of jealous. Like, this is, like, the areas, like, I've only, like, I've briefly been to Chicago. We're talking about another trip in March because there's, like, this chick punk rock thing. It's, like, reclaim the stage. I don't know. But there's this band I want to see. And that's the first place they're playing since the pandemic that I can get to. And I'm like, I'm going to see. But I'm very jealous of, like, this kind of Chicago. I feel like I haven't been to this part, like, where it's. It feels very hmm. New York-y, right? Like, just, like, the small, like, businesses side by side. Yeah. I've never been to Chicago. I was supposed to go, and I didn't. Oh. Anyhow. Bad sister. Anyways. Um, so, we see a dead bartender, a dead waitress, patrons peeled over on their tables full of food, which is sad. But they died um, eating pizza. By the way, this episode's fault that I had to have pizza today. Yeah, I was just like, if you died eating pizza, that's not a bad I blame way this. to go. And it caused a domino effect of bad experiences with getting our pizza today. So now I'm mad about this yeah. episode. Anyways. <laughs> not really, but it was still funny. Uh, so we see Dean slowly approaching a table where a man is eating alone. And it's death. And he's trying to sneak uh, up on him with the scythe in his hand, which what? seems like like what you think you can't sneak up on death, motherfucker. Come on now, it seems I don't stupid. Care if you're Dean it Winchester. Seems yeah. Ugh. And as he's getting closer, the handle of the scythe is getting hot, so hot that it burns his hand, and he drops it. And Death just says, "Thanks for returning that," and it's disappeared from the floor and is now sitting on Death's table. Death invites Dean to join him for pizza yeah and this is the first time okay so we're seeing death and i know it's not time for casting couch so but we have mm-hmm. to talk about this really important character that is being introduced and that is this pizza okay so we see them <laughs> panning to this pizza on this table right and it is a deep dish but it was actually made in vancouver oh don't don't shit mm-hmm. on a deep dish deep dish has their purposes and so they had made it like so they had they found a deep dish pizza place in vancouver but they're like hey you need to make it an extra inch and a half thick to make it like real chicago because you're vancouver so they had they had to like make it extra thick and like so they like they were very appreciative of the pizza apparently was very good and from my pizza site i can tell like it's sausage i think i think it's sausage and there may be mushrooms also you have not seen this pizza in anything before this and this is its only supernatural episode okay Okay. Thank you for that brief moment of casting couch. All right. So death (sighs) is talking to Dean. He's been wanting to talk to him. 
And uh, Dana has mixed feelings about that, which I think is really fair to have. And asks him, is this the part where you kill me? Uh, Death has just eaten his pizza and says that, you know, that Dean has an inflated sense of self-importance. Hmm. And Mm. once again, our heroes of this episode are brought up and Death asks how he would feel if a bacterium sat at his table and started getting snarky. And I think that would be fucking awesome. If a bacteria on (laughs) my table started talking shit to me. Oh boy, uh, I'm high <clears throat> as fuck. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, like you, you either need assistance immediately or you're real high. Yeah, no. But so, I mean, but also at this, he's like basically he's telling him how insignificant he is, but he also just yeah. told him that he really wanted to talk to him. So, yeah. which is mixed death. messages. Yeah, it's mixed messages. Mixed. And everybody else, like, so the brothers thought they were just regular hunters, which is kind of important, but not like there's other hunters out there for a long time. And then all of a sudden, they've got you know angels and the devil fighting over them. So now they're getting told how important they are. So it's kind of like a lot of mixed messages about how important or not important they are on the constant. That would be very stressful. It is. It would be very confusing. But, you know, you should really, like, he wants him to contemplate his insignificance and eat. And at this point, I did say I also saw some green peppers and maybe some pepperoni on it. As, like, he put it with the peppers. I don't trust your pizza judgment. Anyways, um, you've never even been to Chicago. What the fuck would you know? All right. There's a place in Dallas that does a Detroit style pizza, which is a semi thick crust and it's really good. Yeah, and it's very different than a deep dish. There's like, oh, and also I don't, dish, I don't, I don't get soggy. people like shooting on like different pe- types of pizza. We can love all types of pizza. All types of pizza are good. They're just different. That's okay. You're, you're right. We shouldn't. We shouldn't hate. This is my. It's like I had. I had this, this conversation about nachos with somebody. I literally had this conversation with notch about nachos with somebody in the last week because they get very upset about a lot of restaurants do like the individual nachos. You know what I mean? Where you order nachos, it's like each one. There's like I'm not mad larger at that. chips. And That's they're a large each perfectly chip. proportioned. You found a large chip. What the, how the fuck did you do that? Because half my nachos well, are like type. little bitty, like broken up oh. shit that's like covered in stuff and. Well, there's the two different approaches where some people do just like the individual chips that are each prepared and usually just has like beans, cheese, meat on them and that's it. Or you've got your big pile of crap. You're and I just explained that I like, I just explained that I'm not a nacho bigot and I like all nachos. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. So I, I understand and I will, I will, while it might not be my preference for a deep dish pizza, I will retract my deep dish hatred as long as it has no bell peppers in it. So... That's only because you're allergic to them, so I strike no, I'm them. Not, I just don't like them. <laughs> I'm not. I just say that it's easier. I just like them. Uh, I don't like okay. bell peppers. All right, but anyway, so we get so. some more like kind of backstory on on death and God. Yeah, he gives his monologue, but we get some interesting a bits monologue. out of it. Like, no, we're really not just, sensing villain off of him. Just, just more weird, like deep, yeah. yeah, dark, cool old dude. Yeah. And he's basically that telling Dean about how partially your insignificance going on about you're, you're just on one, you're one person on one planet in one galaxy. That's very, barely out of his diapers and death's real fucking old. And so you need to eat some fucking pizza. So do you need some pizza and agrees it's good. And then that's when I wanted pizza. 
And then our favorite pizza place was closed today. And then the other pizza place, the delivery driver fucked up. And then it finally got here, but I was sad. And then I ate way too much of it. <laughs> and now I'm still sad because I ate too much. It's my pizza story. You're welcome. Um, this episode so, brought to you by pizza. <laughs> my pizza. Oh, so much pizza. Um, so De- Dean asks how old death is. And death right. tells him that he's, yeah, well, I mean, I feel like you get a pass in a situation like this. Because death was talking about, I'm so old. Well, okay, how fucking old are you, brah? And he Don't said that he says, bra. That's not becoming. <laughs> That's true. Sorry. I retract my bra. Um, he's as old as God, maybe older, but neither can remember anymore um, because, you know, just so much time has passed. And eventually he'll reap God too. Oh, it's so deep. And I love it. I love this idea of like, so I'm as old as the universe, but one of us came first. We don't know anymore. Like it's such a great, like, I I love that explanation of like cosmic forces. Like we don't know. We're just old. Like it's forever. Uh, And then he brings up that Lucifer has him on a leash. Mm-hmm. he wants that leash off he does not want to be bound to lucifer with this stupid little spell and so uh, you remember that spell right like way back like a few episodes where like yeah. lucifer was in the graveyard and all those reapers were there like this is how death got tied to lucifer and death ain't happy about it He's he does not want to be at the devil's beck and call used as a weapon with hurricanes and floods and raising the dead and that death is more, he tells Dean that he is more powerful than you can process. And I'm enslaved to a bratty child having a tantrum. Yeah. But is he, but this is, but this is, this is a, 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 a comparison that we've heard about death in different ways, but repeatedly now, like talking about like, Oh, he's just sad because about he's mad death because or about Lucifer, about Lucifer. Yeah. I'm sorry if I said that backwards, but the the bratty child having a tantrum kind of a thing, like oh you're just mad because dad didn't choose you, and this is just or you you know you were always the favorite. I don't know why you acted like he didn't choose you, and that's why this whole thing happened. Like we've kind of gotten this, and this also this kind of ties into a you know a lot of the uh, Lucifer mythology in general, but also in supernatural. That's kind of been alluded to over and over again that Lucifer's just having like being a selfish child and having a tantrum. Because he is. Yeah. Well, I know, but I just think it's cool to think directly, <laughs> yeah. directly saying it that yeah. way. Yeah. And it's just also just the older, wiser manners is like, this shit is stupid. Mm-hmm. Your This war they want to do is dumb. I don't want a mm-hmm. part of this. I have other mm-hmm. shit to do. Now, mm-hmm. we're going to blow your minds and here's my fucking ring. Yeah. I'm just going to give it to you. We're going to take the bullets out of Lucifer's gun. Um, but Dean's worried about Chicago and Dean's like, I suppose, death tells, I I suppose it can stay. I like the pizza. Okay. Yeah. Which is a no. Good thing that pizza was good. What if the pizza had been shitty, Liz? Yeah. Cause there are like, there are, yeah. It's like, at least he like went to the good place. Right. Right. So always like make your pizza not shitty. Mm -hmm. Rules. Rules. Rules for life. Don't be a dick. Make your pizza not shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So, but there are conditions. So D- death shares his conditions for giving the ring to Dean. He must do whatever it takes to put Lucifer in the cell. And he reiterates that that means whatever it takes, because Sam is the only one who can stop this. You have to let Sam jump into the fiery pit. If I'm going to give you the ring. Dean says yes and holds his hand out for the ring. So death reminds him that you can't cheat death. Or can you? Hmm. I think you can. You do? And some people did. Ooh. It's time for some made up game show Liz in her head. It's kind of like two truths and a lie. We do this all the time. We don't have a name for it. We always say we'll come up with a name for it. Meh. Uh, so what we're going to talk about now is because, one, we're talking about people who cheated death, right? Okay. And we're going to talk about it because I was like, uh, do I want to do lore on the personification of death? And I don't because it's fucking boring. At least like the what they're talking about here. <laughs> like we kind of like we know like, oh, yeah, like he has like a cloak. He has a scythe. Mm. You know, like he's a psychopomp. Hey, I love a psychopomp. Psychopomp. But we kind of know that. So why would I tell you that over again? So instead, we're just going to go with this crap that I made up. So according to the internet, and more specifically, facts.com, and I copied that link, and it is spelled F A C T S C dot com. So um, I should probably actually go back and look at that domain and do some other things to make sure I didn't like completely infect my system with malware. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so they had a list called Faxica had a list called 10 people who cheated death in the most badass ways. Cause we're right. like, I almost that seems went, right up your alley. There, there's another website which is actually like another list that I almost went with, which was very Final Destination-y, um, which were people who like cheated death and then like died again later. And well, it was kind of funny, um, but also people actually died, and then I felt like a dick. So, yeah. and going with the theme of don't be a dick, we're only going to talk about people who survived. All right, I like it. So we've got three stories. And I'm going to tell you all three. One of them, though, only comes from the sick, sick mind that is mine. Okay. All right. So, uh, also, the cat has awake, awoken, awakened, and has discovered her crinkly paper. So, we will have some, mm-hmm. we'll hopefully these like, some nice background. Creepy, creepy, pa- creepy paper. It's creepy paper. Uh, so, hopefully, it'll be a nice, like, it'll sound like a thunderstorm in the background and not just my cat tearing at Jersey paper. All right, our first story. In 2012, Russia and the Republic of Dagestan, mm-hmm. a 56-year-old woman named Aishat Maksudova was hanging with her herder friends, and they were, you know, herding, like you do. And so all of a sudden, a wolf appeared, and this wolf began attacking a calf. Now, Aishat did not hesitate to jump in. She wanted to save her calf. But that ultimately caused the wolf to attack her. And she said, I was not even frightened. I stood like this, holding an axe like this. And the wolf, with an open mouth, suddenly jumped on me. Jumped like that. The wolf clawed at my leg. Oh, guess so he's down here. Sorry. Uh, The wolf clawed at my leg, and I wanted to hit him with my axe. 
when I raised up my arm like this, the wolf was just holding my hand, trying to claw my hand. They were holding hands. And I wanted to open his mouth and put my fist all the way in there, all the way to his throat. But I couldn't open him. So I just left my mat, my hand, and the wolf was just clawing on it, pulling on it, pulling it away like this. And then I took the axe and I hit him on his head. And then the wolf died. Whoa. And the wolf was, uh, the wolf died and the woman was taken immediately to the hospital. Oh, yeah. So that checks, that part checks out. So the first story. (gasps) What uh, the fuck? I shot a, a, a woman grandmother she was 56 whatever so a woman uh in russia uh basically hit a wolf in the head with an axe and and saved herself right second story in 1999 but we're going to america north carolina to be specific joan Mm. murray went out for a skydive because even though she was a banking executive joan skydived doved for fun sure yeah whatever. Yeah. so she was jumping from fourteen thousand and five hundred feet right and she fell or she jumped she didn't fall she, she jumped yeah, she jumped like she's supposed to like she's supposed to and the main parachute didn't open uh, but her second parachute opened but only for it to just fail it just kind of like was like a, a deflating like did whiskey dick like it went up mm. and then just went <sighs> And so she so disappointed. Yeah. So like many like like that disappointment. She fell on the ground, but she did not just fall on any ground. She fell on a giant fire ant hill. And, oh no! Yeah. So all of these hundreds of ants carried her body away. No, they did not do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like what? No, these ants just started stinging her because that's, that's what terrible. the ants do. But because these ants were singing her, it was basically like a defibrillator that was pumping her body full of adrenaline. So her heart kept going long enough for people to get to her and get her to emergency treatment. Uh, She was in a coma for a couple of weeks and she survived. And after 20 surgeries and 17 blood transfusions, uh, there was no commentary about what happened to the ants. But afterwards, she still kept skydiving. Now she has an ant farm. Her like, entire wall in her office. No, I mean, is she their queen? Is she like part ant? Like, is that you know, like this is Ant Man, like Spider Man, but not? Yeah, I know. Well, there is already Ant Man. Like, but well, I know, but it's a different origin story, right? I mean, well, there's like quantum things. I don't know. know. The new Ant Man, the Wasp, looks really good. I saw the preview for it when I saw uh, hmm. Avatar two. Uh, so uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. All right. Our last story in Mexico, in Southern Quintana Roo. I mean, mm. Quintana Roo. That's where Tulum is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's been there, been there. Uh, in 2005, uh, California, Monica Fuentes. She was on a tour bus, and they were going to the ancient ruins. Yeah. The dri- the driver swerved to avoid something on the road. He lost probably con- an iguana. Probably an iguana. Uh, <laughs> He lost control and basically he careened like off of like a cliff, like it was a cliff, like ravine. It was like he went down like about 500 feet, it was 150 Ooh. meters, right? So the bus ends up at the bottom of this reef, so it's 500 feet down. But Monica was still alive and she said, I hung on to the seat in front of me and I just didn't let go. 
And that was how she survived like the way down. And then uh, with it, she hurt herself. She had an injured knee, but she managed to crawl through the window and pull herself up the side of the cliff where she was able to flag down help. Uh, 21 others were killed in the crash, but there were 30 uh, injured survivors and many who credited their lives to Monica saving them and flagging them down. And wow. when asked like how she did it, she just said, I just pictured myself in my climbing gym at home. So that's our third story. So to, to, to remind you, all right. Um, mm -hmm. Is it, you know, so we have grandma shows the big bad wolf who's boss. We have fire ant saving a skydiver by causing her a lot of pain or basically wonder woman climbing up a cliff. I'm very torn on this one. I'm going to go with grandma. Grandma is real. She has a little babushka and she looks so like so Russian. She's so great. Like she just like she yeah, they were like she was protecting uh they were had calves and they had goats and they were just hanging out in this wolf attack and she just killed it with an axe. Badass grandma. Uh the second story is also true. A woman oh. named Joan Murray did fall from the sky and was stung to death by by fire ants and that's what kept her alive so uh yeah i made up a third one although there was uh some some dude did survive off a bus crash in like bolivia but he also survived off an airplane like i'm kind of outing his story like he survived like when the andes things like i don't know if i believe you oh, but, like that's crazy. You, you survived a lot of shit so either you're an alien or a liar or you're just a really lucky dude but anyways so sometimes you can cheat death you can congratulations to you two who cheated death that's also wild. monica fuentes was the character eva mondez played in fast and furious damn it <laughs> damn it if you watch this you just like oh. join me in my fast and the furious obsession if you would know that no, you would have been like damn it she said monica fuentes that can't be real so no also i don't think like like if you look at like where you go to the ruins like i was i was actually looking at maps being like can a bus fall off because <laughs> i know you've been well, to I'm the trying ruins to think, i'm like is there ruins like along is there a drop off along that I, I, really I don't think there is and i was i was like because eh, diana has been on that road to there but i was like mm -hmm. whatever there's cliffs everywhere sure Oh my god. Alright, so we cut back to our Dean is finishing up his pizza and Death like gives him the ring. Not making him like I guess we're eating with a fork. So it's not like his it's a knife and fork yeah. pizza. So yeah. they hand that over. He drops the ring into Dean's hand and offers the instruction manual on how to use the rings. Which is Ooh. nice. Like you get a Very bonus. Kind of like you're getting a shiny artifact thing. And it's a nice ring. I like it. Yeah. So we cut back and we're in Bobby's garage thing and the junkyard. Has, we're in the junkyard. Yeah. But it's like this covered yeah. workshop area. And Dean has all the rings now, right? He's got the four. Just hanging He's out got, on a picnic table outside in a junkyard. What the what the fuck? Like these are things that are like older than time and you just have them <laughs> on a picnic table outside. Just a shitty wooden picnic table sitting around. And the rings, he, we've, he, we, he sets them down and you see them like attract each other. It's like almost like magnetism and they like draw to each other. It's kind of interesting. 
Bobby walks in and asks him how his Rockettes audition went because now they've got jokes since Bobby can walk again. Uh, and Bobby apparently has been walking up and down the stairs all night for no reason. And now he's sore. Which is and he's fair. very happy to have sore legs, which is, you know, yes. like the woman who is quite so chipper and I love her who owns my Pilates studio was yelling at us today to, you know, enjoy the pain because it makes you feel alive or some crap. But yes, enjoy having sore legs because yeah, I get to use them. Mm hmm. And, um, so they, they open some beers and they're looking at the rings and talking and, um, Dean shares that death told him how to use them. And, but Dean has a bigger problem. What does death do to people who lie to his face? Cause it's he tells good. Bobby, no, cause he tells Bobby that he agreed with Sam, with Sam on the Lucifer plan. And Bobby, Bobby points out though, that so death thinks that sam should say yes and dean's like yeah but he works for lucifer but bobby's got a point where he says against his will so we've kind of got like a really like i think i think dean is so fixated on not wanting sam to do this plan that he might not see not that it's a good idea not that i don't think it's gonna put sam at risk personally blah 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 but he's not really seeing like bigger picture stuff well, but, and it's like Bobby's pointing out that death is really old and has some perspective. And right. maybe you should listen to other people's mm -mm. perspective. So Dean is not interested. And we also learned why Bobby was eye-fucking-Sam at the warehouse. Yeah, because he was impressed. Because while Bo Dean and Bobby have been really hard on Sam and focused so much on the darkness in him, darkness. they haven't really... The dark. They haven't really stopped to observe the good in him because he's been, what do they say? He's been running and saving people in fires for a long time <clears throat> and how much he was saving, so fixated on saving everybody that he could possibly save in that warehouse. Yep. And, and that, so you know. he'll, he's going to beat the devil or he's going to die trying. And, and that's all they can ask for. Which is fair uh also y'all are assholes if you don't realize like all the good that sam has done since he was right? a poor child that was traumatized and dragged around and never allowed to have a home and like had like christmas presents that were stolen from gas stations and ate yeah no y'all should have some like respect for this kid that grew into this moose that yeah. is doing all these things however i also get dean being just like you know this it's a lot of responsibility to give on sam so well I, mean, I think the question that bobby poses to dean at the end of this episode that dean does not answer really reveals kind of where dean's head is on, on this whole thing by with his lack of answer and that's when bobby asks him what are you afraid of losing or losing your brother but I also kind of feel like Dean's been afraid of losing his brother the whole time and like I don't get it and so we no. will we will come back to wrap with that but now I think at this time is it time for a real casting couch not just this casting couch is the casting couch were they on that show that time with that guy la 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 la
All right. So we've got casting couch this week. Uh, just a couple of of actors of note, really, in this one. We didn't have a massive cast, um, but I'm going to start with our our smaller characters first. We'll start with Celeste, was played by Christina Jastrzemska. She has a Polish descent, shockingly, with Yay! that name. I know, Another I didn't like Poles. that. She's been in a variety of TV and movie roles dating back to the 80s. A couple of key ones I'll mention. Um, she's in that current the current uh, Netflix show Virgin River as uh! uh I know. She was she is a regular character uh, mama on Van Helsing and she is Gran in Twilight New Moon. Yay! Um uh, Palomino is the name of our demon nurse that is played by Leah Gibson. Uh, she was in, you know, a few episodes of the 100, I Zombie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Neverland. She is Nettie in Twilight Eclipse. She is Silhouette's girlfriend in Watchmen. And she had regular ongoing roles in television shows such as Rogue, Jessica Jones, Manifest, Shut Eye, um, and uh, Batwoman. Um or Catwoman, good lord, sorry, what am I doing? Can't write. And then we talk about death himself, Julian Richings. Uh, and why in a... do we love him? Because he loves Peggy. So I believe I've told the story on this show before, but uh, I think it was Alan Mohirocon. I was just walking around with Peggy, yeah. and he called me over. To just That's sit right. and chat with me about why I had a fucking possum. So yeah. I, I love him Whereas, beyond like just him being an awesome, amazing person. Like he also loves right. the possum. Yes. Yay. Shout out to to Julian for sure. And uh, so his career goes back, uh, movies and television episodes dating back through the 80s. Um, he was uh, Alderson in the 1997 movie Cube. Not the Cube, just cube anyways uh Not gleaming he was, the he was cube, a, just the cube there's just, 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 just no no just cube very different not even the, yeah uh he had a small part in detroit rock city he uh was auto in stephen king's miniseries kingdom hospital he was had a small part in percy the percy jackson and the olympians his um lore m in man of steel he was in an episode of the magicians there was a, um, a prime series called Patriot, where he plays Peter Ichabod. It's a regular ongoing character. He had a small role in American Gods, <clears throat> as well as um, in the most recent series, uh, season of Umbrella Academy. He was a regular character. He had a part in the um, recent miniseries, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's recent miniseries, Cabinet of Curiosities. Not you, Guillermo. And he, Guillermo. And he had uh, has had a few um, episodes with the new series Reginald the Vampire, which is in my queue to watch, but I haven't watched yet. It's super um, fun. I got to catch up on but, it. Like I have a few episodes in. It's super fun. So he's he's, in, he's got a couple episodes on that already. So yeah, so yeah, no, we we love. I, I really enjoyed the death character here. And spoiler alert, this is not the last we'll see of him, but oh, I mean, it's I've just that in my research. <laughs> yeah, but it's also just a uh, 
I think he's a great character. I think he's just really well done. I think it's just, I just, I love him as an actor. And I think it was just a great choice for this role. I love him. Yeah. No, I was really, really happy with it, especially in this, this, um, Lord personification of it. Um, I'll, I'll make it, I'm going to make it, I won't go down a rabbit hole. I promise you, but I will give you a quick story. One of my favorite authors, like when years and years ago, I got really in, like when I was like a teenager, I think I started reading these books, maybe early twenties. Uh, Piers Anthony is one of my favorite fantasy sci-fi writers and was for a very long time. I don't dislike him now. I just haven't read any of his stuff in a long time. It's just one of those things. But he has an entire series. Um, the, the first series, it, uh, was it? Tell me about the Eternals. But it, the first book in the series is On a Pale Horse. And it's a person, all the, it's a series. It's a seven book series personification mm-hmm. of like death, nature, time, war, like all of those. Not really as four horsemen, so it's a little different, but and the last two books in the series are God and the Devil, which, I've, yeah, duh, that makes sense. But, anyways, it's not—it's not a biblical take. It's not a, you know, it's not necessarily in line with a lot of other lore, but kind of taking parts of a lot of a lot of lore, if that makes sense. It's a philosophical question, right? But um, it was a really enjoyable yeah. series and book, mm-hmm. and it's you know great. It's a great story in novels that I really enjoyed. And there's like, that's like the books where you collect them all and you save them forever because you like them. Whereas I'm really bad about getting rid of books, but that series, I'm like, Nope, those stay on the shelf forever. So yeah, that's my, my horse story. But yeah, but I was like, and I'm not like death spooky person. Like I'm not into that. That's what as much as I like dark shit. I'm more of like the, I don't like that. I don't like to be sad. I don't like to be scary. But it's um, but death isn't but, sad and scary. I know. And that's it's where not, I be- but... this is the, like I become oh, all like spooky goth. Like Aww. death is beautiful. Memento mori. We all die. That's a beautiful thing. Anyways, okay. So before we go into a very deep like conversation about what death <laughs> means to us, um, is that it for casting couch? <laughs> that is it for casting couch. Okay. So now let's rip apart this episode and we'll just yeah. Um, <gasps> oh. So I think as we started like in the beginning of this, that this was not a bummer, but it was intense. It's very yeah. intense. And like it's like it automatic like it brought up things to you, just like thinking about like death as a character, like do like just as we were talking. Well, you compare them to other characters you've read about or seen or whatever, or or you envision. You know what I mean? Whenever you see a personification of a, yeah, I almost went with like different personifications of death in pop culture, which would right. have like had many quiz questions about like Bill and Ted's bogus journey, and right? you know, eight and a half and like nine and a half, whatever else. Fuck that. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but so, like, because that death as a character, you know, has been, you know, George Carlin yeah. and spent like so many different, like, things have been death in pop culture. And this was a choice they went with for, which is interesting too, because you have to put it in the context too of we have other horsemen, right? So we right. have these four very different horsemen so we have the first well, i guess they were all kind of dicks right so mm. we had the first we had war with his mustang and mm. that mustang is really just a penis like personification right any man you see in a red cherry was it a 67 i think it was 67 
Uh, yeah, but that fucking Mustang, uh, it's not even a fastback. Like, it's just like, ugh, gross. Like, you know that he's a dick. You can tell that by his car. All right. Yeah. So then we had, uh, we had Famine, and Famine was in a limo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like an Escalade. Oh, uh, I just kind of like the like Escalade limos. But so it was, you know. But he, he didn't drive himself, and he, he had an entourage. He himself, and he had an entourage, right? So then we had Pestilence kind of fun. Was it a Pinto? It was not a Pinto. It was a fucked up like station wagon, though. A Vestiva or something. I don't know. It was, something. but it was green. The wood paneling, which I thought yeah. was interesting. I was, I was thinking green about with this. wood paneling. Yeah, like there was no like death rides a green horse anywhere. Like in like things. So I thought that was interesting. I think the cars are just an interesting choice, right? So right. when we come no, to death, and he's in this like bitchin' fucking Cadillac, and it's gorgeous, and but it is also just stately and elegant, and he drives it himself. I do have a question slash comment slash criticism though about the lore and the tie-in here. So I understand that there is one, you know, there's the the one layer of lore of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and it's these four, obviously. But there's also like kinda sorta other takes on death where as a personification of death and like and how death seems to explain himself is a little bit different and older than these other three horsemen would have been and i don't know if that aligns quite they're two different you know what i mean do you see what i'm saying so like, is, actual... is death as old is death older than god and also but, these three siblings like yeah if you go into the actual biblical lore there is actually isn't a ton about the four horsemen pestilence right, no. isn't always a horseman and neither is death right so there is like death riding a pale horse so is definitely a trope and yeah. a part that has been around things forever uh like the idea of like death is like the grim reaper like the scythe and stuff that comes from the middle ages and the plague and whatever but death has been personified in different cultures since you know man has sure. existed i mean so, yeah and a lot of times death and we'll get to this and spoiler alert in future things where there may be some tie-ins between death and fem- you know feminism or female personification mm. of death like in a lot of cultures uh death is personified as a female so okay. like there's just depending on what culture you're in like there isn't really there's a lot there's too much I don't know. right like so you can kind of like play with this in any way you want to yeah. and i think it makes sense for you know as much as horsemen make sense in the story right because they're kind of like they're taking shit out of revelation and they're spreading it, but they're also pulling in from a bunch of different things. We just oh yeah, have- they're pulling from everywhere. I was just commenting that yeah. was interesting. It was seemed like a kind of a like it seemed a, not contradictory, but almost it was just kind of like they were taken from two different places that didn't quite align. That's just not bad, but a little bit to well, me. Well, I mean, the thing about the horsemen in general, like as either a biblical trope or as just a part of it like where the fuck did the horsemen come from like nowhere in the bible before revelations is there any talk about these dudes right no it's like all of a sudden it's like oh there's these four guys guys. real bad it's gonna be bad it's gonna be real bad and like we have to choose which ones (laughs) are gonna be like and so i guess you know it's like oh we're gonna pick uh Famine seems really bad. Like, you know, like yeah. nobody wants like to be hungry. Yeah, nobody mm. nobody likes we like war, but we don't like war. War is gonna be a problem. So yeah. 
Okay. I, I think there's just a curious. lot. I think there's a lot of leeway in your interpretation, just because also so much white religion was a lot of the stuff that's written is all well, a lot is all interpretation. No, for sure, I agree. I was just I'm just trying to say yeah. just keep the different lores aligned, I guess. And then I guess my other comment on this episode is just um, hey, I thought it was it wasn't like fun isn't the word for it but i thought it was interesting and i it was a very enjoyable episode engaging. crowley yeah engaging is a great word like crowley adds a super fun element i don't understand his popping in and out and you kind of want to punch him sometime that that's that's i'm not gonna lie about that uh but i think yeah, it's a very pretty much like most guys i want to fuck like i like they're really annoying <laughs> oh, but shit, i want to punch them sometimes at least you're being introspective about it. Um, <laughs> I acknowledge my flaws all the time. It doesn't mean I'm I fix teasing them. you. I'm teasing you. I just acknowledge you. that they're there. Uh, but I thought that that was. I think that he's a fun element because even when it's not directly like comic relief, he definitely adds a little comic relief well, no matter and what. Too right. So and we... Castiel does in his own way. Absolutely. So I think it was really good to have both of them in this active in this episode. Um, I think that it was a lot of driving obviously this is driving our story to our season finale and i think that setting the tone of everybody was gonna let basically basically not really but they were kind of gonna let dean be the vessel and say yes but they're but dean's gonna put his foot down and not let sam is kind of some bullshit well nobody wanted i mean i don't who was, well, on, mad about who it. was on team Dean saying yes, though? Like, no one. Yeah. So but. I, I, this idea, though, of I don't think we've like I, we've got a whole season now like, probably to explore it. But, you know, the idea, yeah. what does Sam saying yes to the vest really mean? Like, is it like, what does that mean for him? What does that mean for the future of the sh- You know, so you accept. Right. And the idea was, is that he jump in and then cause Lucifer jump in the to cage. jump in the cage. Well, what happens when he's in the cage? We don't don't have an answer to that. Yeah. Is Sam in the so, cage forever? Does Sam figure out how to get out and leave him there? Does he, I mean. But they're not do? making any plans for that, right? It just no. seems like they're just like Sam jumps in the mm. cage and then yeah. Sam jumps in the cage. But is that worth it to save the entire world? Oh, look at that trolley. Trolley's coming right at you. It's right coming right Get at you. Get out of its way. Um, I'm just asking questions. I'm not providing you. Start shoving here. the slowers in front of it. Oh, wait, we're not supposed to say that, right? That's not how the, that's not the answer to the trolley question. It's not. But good try. Okay. I tried. Anyways, I think so. Not a bummer. We're intense. Oh my god, next week is the season finale. What the fuck is gonna happen? We don't know. Drama. Drama. What happens in the season finale? And with that, cheers, Dirk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't get a production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Devil's Trap Podcast.